0: Hello, welcome to Smash Loot and Roll Podcast, a live-play Dungeons and Dragons campaign between friends far and near. Thank you for listening and enjoy episode one. A journey begins. You guys have found your way. You're not in a group, but you guys are all moving in the same direction. It's that time of year in the uh, on the sword on the Sword Coast that uh it's uh, midsummer, about a week out of the mid. Uh, a week away from the midsummer celebration, uh, that's very common on the Sword Coast. You guys are moving up the road from the southern portion to get into Waterdeep, where one of the biggest festivals is going on, much like the what we see Fourth of July here uh, in our world. But uh, the, what makes this what makes this year more special is it is the every I don't know how do you say, it, but every four years there's an additional festival following the. Following Midsummer Festival called Shield Meat, so it allows a longer holiday for people, and they start celebrating a couple days before Midsummer. They get Shield Meat the next day, and they get to celebrate a couple days after. So you know, a celebration that normally extends three or four days is gets extended to a week. And you guys, for whatever reason, have been out traveling to uh, out. You've been out away from the city and you've decided to come back in. It is seven days before the midsummer festival and you guys are moving up the road along with other travelers so it's not not just the three of you but you guys are moving up and as you move forward you've got various merchants with uh, wagons or horses moving by you've seen other travelers that are moving through the area you guys are about a day's out day's walk out of Waterdeep, knowing that you've also know there's several Roadhouses, which are a combination of tavern slash inn that you guys can stay at. But as you're moving forward, uh, you guys come to a narrow... The road sort of narrows, goes between a set of cliffs. Sort uh, of small rocky mountain areas. Uh, the land around you is uh, a bit scrub scrub brush, light forest. It is l- uh, mid-afternoon, mid to late afternoon. Yeah, I'd say mid-afternoon right now. And you guys... When you get to that, the, the road narrows. Gets to the point of people are having to pass through, but you guys are a little bit ahead, and you guys can hear behind you. You know, the uh, you've passed this this horse and rider, and it's almost like the the rider's asleep in the saddle, and the horse is just sort of moving forward on his own. You see, you've seen those type of riders before. It's been a long ride for them. But as you get moving through the rocky areas, your footsteps sort of echo off the uh, bit of rocky mountain faces and everything else. I need everybody to roll me a perception check, please. That is a d20. <laughs> Eight. Eight.
1: Three.
2: Three. This is auspicious. Seven. We don't know shit.
0: All right. Sorry. So. First proficiency bonus. Let's see. Proficiency um, bonus at first level should be plus one.
2: Uh, can we use our passive
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) passive is 12.
0: (laughs) if your passive is better than your active one so yes
2: yeah i'll use my passive it's 12.
0: okay christina do you know your passive perception
1: 12.
0: 12
1: okay i do have also 12 for investigation yeah right now 14 for insight
0: (laughs) there you go
3: Kind of funny. So wait, I'm oh, sorry. Let me read. Let me check this again. So, this was a, a perception roll, right? Yes, it was. Okay, yes, it is. So, sorry, that's skill. Okay, uh, so 10. 10. What's your passive, Ken? Uh, passive is 13. 13. I rolled so a got, seven.
0: You get 13 total. You can always exchange if you roll low, you can always exchange it for the higher one. Ooh, Okay, you can always exchange it for your passive, or you can, or you can just simply say, I'm going to take my passive and not even roll. It. Your choice. Okay, so with that being said. Nothing really out of the ordinary catches your attention. You, Not unexpectedly, you've heard rocks fall before as they collapse around. You know, It almost sounds like kids are kicking off rocks off, off the hilltop. But what does surprise you is the the loud whinny of the horse behind you. And as you guys turn to look, it's not the rock fall that's, uh, that you expect falling down, but it's something burst out. You, you, in the cloud of dust, you see a large reptilian head burst out. And you see the horse shy away and uh, and give a loud, frightened whinny as you see the horse and rider jerk off to the left. Uh, you see the people that are behind the, behind the horseman uh, s- stop for a moment before you see them turn around and flee in terror from something. Oh, okay. crap! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody <laughs> give me an initiative roll, please. And I'll set the battle camera up.
4: All
0: right. Uh, put your initiatives in chat, too.
3: So for reference, you can just click on your Nick. If you've got, whatchamacallit running, you can just click on its box up there and it'll roll it for you. So
1: chat, where the heck is chat? Which box was that, Ken?
3: Uh, It's the dead center of your uh, character sheet. Mm -hmm. It says it's a a hexagon with an initiative in it. Yep.
4: All
3: right. I did good on this one. What's our arms and armor situation? Are we... Uh,
0: you guys are... Yes,
3: load, go ahead. Loaded for bear?
0: <laughs> how, however you believe your character is going to be walking through the main road of the kingdom carrying their armor. If, you, if you're if you wearing your armor, if you're out and wearing it, it's your choice.
3: It's easier to wear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can carry more... St- clank, 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 I'm a tank. Clank, clank,
2: uh, clank. How many DMs are there in weather rolls? There's just one. Okay.
0: I haven't rolled Got a sixteen total.
2: All right. So, Ken, your character's name?
3: Uh, uh, Bowden.
2: B-O-D-E-N. That
3: B o d e n. B o w d i n.
2: I was very close. Yep. Um.
3: Missed it by that much.
2: And your character's name? Um,
3: is it Claire? No. Christina? <laughs> Christina. At least you got two, to see, right? Two notes are required at this point, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, Chip. Chip Alrod. Oh, yeah,
2: that's right, Chip.
1: Do you want me to retype it in the chat?
2: No, I got it. Oh. 17, <laughs> 10, and me.
0: There. And you got a 16 for the giant lizard.
4: <laughs>
0: All right. None of you successfully passed your perception check, so... Nope. <laughs> this is a surprise round for the creature to act, as you see the full creature come bursting out of the uh, side of the dirt and throw the right... Uh, reach out, you see the horse whinny and shy where Then you see the horse lock up in fear and not move. Um, a large lizard-like creature. And when I say large, this is about... little bit shorter than the horse is tall so it could be ridden if you really want to and you see a series of eight powerful legs that are digging its way out of the out of the rock face and dirt as its teeth latch onto the forelegs of the horse uh and the rider suddenly wakes up and gracefully falls on his face to get off the horse (laughs) um between your you know so bowden you would your surprises stand turn around look and realize That something has just crawled out of the side of the hill attacked a you know this is all of you guys are sort of standing there turning around look around and everything else so beginning of round two bowden you can act speak oh great now we gotta go and take something
3: out (laughs) what uh, hop off of or i guess i'm just
0: walking so uh turn around oh great you charge up to it yeah okay uh, give it an attack roll. All right. I don't think I can move past Luna now. She's got me blocked in. So here comes
3: the Warhammer upside the head. Uh, total 15 to hit. is a hit. All right. Uh, let's see. Realistically, I've got my shield, so I'll go with this, the one-handed. 11 points.
0: Nice hit. You Axe or Warhammer? It's Warhammer. You... Give a nice, resounding thud into the thick, scaly hide, and with the strike and everything else, you definitely get its attention to turn towards you. As it was like, hey, "I'm eat, I'm eating here. Really, you're gonna <laughs> come up me- come up and beat me while I'm trying to eat my dinner." Uh, Bodum- you didn't ask permission, <laughs> <laughs> Bowden. While you're while you swing the hammer, you pull the attention away from the. Uh- the horse and the rider where the horse has got a big gash in it's uh fore, its left fore shoulder it turns it turns its great gaze towards you and you realize the eyes sort of give a eerie glow as you're standing in the face so please give me a constitution check oh crap! constitution saving throw excuse me con save okay
3: here it comes <laughs> 21 nicely done yeah, well, dwarf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you feel that momentary uh, fear that would actually freeze you in your place and everything else, but you're like, ah! I've seen worse, I've heard worse stories than this down down in the dwarven kingdoms. Uh but it doesn't it doesn't freeze you up, but it still turns and you see its jaws open up to see if it can uh, see what a tasty dwarf in a tin can, in its tin can armor would taste like. Bring it, you little squirmy bugger. <laughs> All right, he got a total of 16 to hit you. Oh, well, if I had an armor class of less than 18, it might have hit. So you bring your shield up and interpose your shield between it and its (laughs) dagger-like teeth.
3: Oh, that's my good shield, too.
0: All right, with that being said, Chip, what would you like to do? You see, out of nowhere, this large lizard creature come up and attack a horse, and you see this dwarf in heavy armor turn around and immediately charge back towards the creature and with a bellowing war cry, swings a large hammer, smashing into it. What would you
1: like to do? Odin has got the reptilian creature under control. <laughs> I'm curious, what has happened to the rider since he's fallen from his horse?
0: Uh, he's basically trying to uh, crab, walk, scramble as fast as the way he can from the, uh, <laughs> the horse and the creature. Uh, so he's... Uh, Basically, this guy here is scrambling up towards the side of the mountain, and he's got that look of sheer terror on his face, going "Please don't eat me!" type thing, and really surprised <laughs> of what's come out of the what's come out of the ground.
1: But he is relatively out of harm's way because Bowden has
0: the reptile the, the reptile does action. not seem to be even interested in the horse or rider anymore, since it's got something more pressing beaten on him
1: my next thoughts go to the horse Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is the horse down or is the horse, horse still standing
0: the horse is still standing uh it's basically you can see a large uh tooth you can see a large series of tooth marks up in his left shoulder uh probably will bleed out pretty quick uh the horse hasn't really regained its motion to move yet but uh you figure in a short second that thing's gonna bolt somewhere Given the and opportunity. I want to
1: make sure Bowden is well-supported. Okay. So how can I support Bowden?
0: Well, you get your choice of movement, and you also get your choice of actions. So if you'd like, you can move up um, and attempt to... F- you have a movement of how many feet? 25? 25. 25? So... Bowden, you have, what, 25 as well? Uh,
3: movement... Uh, 25. Yep. Tiny legs.
0: Relatively speaking. So you can come up alongside to Bowden either on one side. You can't, unfortunately you can't because of the creature's the size and your distance from the creature. You can't aid in a flanking, but you can come up and either attack the creature, you can do the help action, which will allow, which will give Bowden advantage on his next attack. Or you can I do some... Help. Okay, if you give the help action, it's basically what you're doing is... You're doing something to distract the creature which uh since you're aiding Bowden on his next attack Bowden you will roll with advantage. Woohoo. Aidrock. So, All right. So uh, oh, hold on before we get to you. Uh so chip so what you get every turn is you get a uh, action and a movement. So sometimes you'll get a bonus action depending on what your skills allow you to do. Those can give you something else as well so but those are the three ba- those are the two to three basic actions you get every turn. You good to go. Yeah.
3: Okay. Real quick note: I just noticed that if you right-click on the interface for the the D Beyond, on like say you want to roll to hit, uh, if you right-click, you've got the adva- You've got the ability to choose either roll with advantage or disadvantage or just a straight roll. So, just FYI.
0: They've really improved that interface last year. I know. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> so, Adrock.
2: I will uh, use my crossbow and I'm going to aim it for the the, the giant reptile-looking thingy.
0: Okay. Oh. So we might be getting a bolt in the back. Yeah, firing going melee.
2: If 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 so, I'm sorry. Funk. <laughs> it well, was, was, was? not meant to. Uh, does eleven hit?
0: No, Woo! eleven does not hit.
2: Yeah, see, I missed.
0: You, you see the bolt. Uh, you see the bolt fly free of your crossbow, no problem. But when it reaches the creature, you see its thick leather leather and scaled hide as it just ricochets off into the distance. You're like, oh well there goes that bolt. But you don't manage to plug any of these two strangers that have suddenly helped <laughs> helped uh engage this creature in the back. Bowden, it is back to you for the top of round three.
3: After I, I finish ducking. Whoa! <laughs> Another whack on this beastie. Quack. Give me a roll.
0: Ooh. Uh 11. As it turns to fully engage you and everything, one of its one of its you realize it's an eight-legged lizard, one of its uh forelegs comes up and shoulders you out of the way, throwing your aim off to where you don't get a good swiping blow with your warhammer. Bowden, you are still the primary threat, so it goes chompity chomp on you. (laughs) I don't think you're gonna do it. You gotta open the can before you can (laughs) eat what's inside. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so at the start of everybody's turn. So also, Bowden, give me another uh, Constitution save, please. Ugh.
3: That's not good. Uh Bolden Shivers to his boots <laughs> I assume that's where we're going with this. Where, what's your roll?
0: Oh I, he rolled a five. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you get that you get that paralyzing fear? <gasps> uh so it That's what also caused you to miss as well, is that paralyzing fear of looking into its eyes and realizing exactly you know, you're dealing with something that's Not normally even seen above ground, and rarely, and even more rarely seen underground.
3: This is not an eaten monster. This is something different. Yep.
0: So that your fear, your next action, your next movement action, will be have to be able to move away from him. Okay. All right. But in the meantime, he's going to see if how tasty the tin can actually is. (laughs) Yay! Because it realizes you're uh, not with that roll. It. Grabs, it, it snaps its jaw and everything, and uh, not realizing the shortness of the dwarf, sort of <laughs> grabs that plumage on the helmet above you and sort of rakes off some of the uh, horse tail and feathers that you have.
3: That was my good helmet, too! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chip, it is your go. And you also need to make me a constitution saving throw as well. Eleven plus one, twelve. You are fine. You that that fear that you can feel that, that evil not evilness but that just absolutely frightfulness coming from dealing with a creature from the deep you know that's just burst out of the ground is not frozen you in fear to cause you to run away. What would you like to do?
1: So I recommend
3: running away. <laughs> I have to say to my
1: team: Do we want to hightail it, or do you want me to attack and buy you time, Bowden? Hit it. <laughs> ah! oh, I'm coming, <laughs> Oh God! Um, so I only got a range of five feet.
0: You're in base to base with it, so that's that's your clo- You're close enough to hit it.
1: Can I take with my short sword a jab at its eye? Yeah, you can. Ooh. Okay. So, All right. So D six.
0: Actually, roll a D D20 first to hit.
1: D twenty. Okay.
0: nine nine you reach out with the uh short sword to strike it hoping to hoping to pluck out one of those terrifying eyes and you feel the the tip of your blade slide up and over its scales doing little doing no damage whatsoever quick check christina did you just when you roll the die did you just roll a nine
3: correct okay oh she's not getting her her add-ons i thought Okay.
0: okay yeah her she should have a little bit more than
3: that yeah uh, in, under actions, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the, the character sheet, yes. Uh, you'll see, do you have your weapons in there yet? I have my short sword. Okay, and you'll see there's a column there, hit slash DC. You might see it. I'm not sure if you see it. Here, hold on. Might be under attack. Yeah. I'm
1: under attack. Oh, and it be under action as well. strike.
3: Yeah, this, this area right here.
2: Do you have your sword equipped?
1: So I have, I thought I put it in inventory. Is there more to equipping it than putting in inventory?
2: You have to wield it. Yeah. Yep. That, I cool. have
1: a plus two where you bowed and have a plus five.
3: So if you go to your equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, plus, the plus two, basically, now that would take you at the very least to an 11. 11? Yeah. So when you go to attack, click that box right there and it'll add all your bonuses in auto
1: magically.
2: If you um, go to equipment, just make sure it's uh, there's a red box next to it, meaning ah. that you have it equipped.
1: There is now a red box by my short sword.
2: Right. Okay. And so now if you go back to attack or action, yeah, you should me, get a, yeah, hit a plus another,
0: on the DC. Yeah, give me another roll there.
1: So yep. uh, next to short sword, I will hit the plus. I have a plus three by short sword. If I click that, mm-hmm. that is the dice roll I want. Yep. Yep. Um, 18
0: plus three, 21. Nice. Nice. Done. So instead of, instead of just glazing across its skin and everything else, You actually give a good strike against it. Roll me damage, please. I love your mode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the boxes
3: right next to where you clicked before are your damage uh, rolls. And if I'm over explaining, please just tell me to shut up.
1: There is no mansplaining happening here. Okay. (laughs) Because
3: I I literally just learned this stuff like today. So. No,
1: no, I I greatly appreciate. So I had a four plus one for five for damage. Okay. Nice to go. Oh, yeah, obviously.
0: that's what I meant. <laughs> and thanks for saving me bacon!
1: You're welcome, Bowden.
0: <laughs> Alright. So, your sword slides up, glazes the edge of the eyeball, but you don't think it's enough to really do a lot, you know, severe amount of damage. But it does gain the creature's attention as you see the head <laughs> and teeth turn towards you, Chip. Oops. <laughs> uh, you still have a movement uh, that you can choose to do. Now, here's the thing. When you're in base-to-base with a creature... They have what's called a reaction. So if you decide to move out of melee combat with a creature, that creature can take a reaction and do an opportunity attack against you. They only get one reaction per turn. So if both of you decided... So if, say, Bowden would have fled because of his fear factor... well, the nice thing is this thing actually caused you to paralyze for one round before you flee. But if you would have immediately fled fled away, the it's, creature would've <laughs> the creature would've reached out and went tried to snatch him because it's going, Oh, hey, look. There's a bad guy running away from me, making an easy target. Type thing. So that is something to consider if you want to move out move away from enemies when you are doing movements. Now you are a monk. Mm-hmm. As you get up in higher levels, <laughs> you being able to move away from enemies, you're gonna be like, I'm gonna move away from the enemy. And you'll be like, get away from me keep that to yourself you can't do that <laughs> so you will find that out very quickly as you move move up in levels please note we can do the same thing to them too so <laughs> it go it, the door swings both ways on the reaction there on those and uh there's other skills out there that you can take like sentinel that if an enemy decides to go i want to flee because this because the monk has beating me up you can monk and go no i go hit you with an opportunity attack and I, I make your movement zero you cannot leave my space i can still beat on you so there's a lot of cool different things you can do over time. Well, so Chip
1: wants to stand Chip's ground.
0: Okay, Chip stands. You stay in there with the fight. Now, you Hoorah. can, based on, if you can see on the battle camera, you are basically side by side with, um, you can actually click on the cameras in Zoom and bring them up as the main yeah. one. Yeah,
3: and, if you double click, it, it'll pin it. And then in the upper left, if you want to unpin it, there's an upper, thing in the upper left-hand corner to unpin it. So you can go back to watching who's ever talking.
0: Yeah. So what goes on is right now you and Bowden are side by side. You're not granted any other advantage, but you can use your movement to essentially move around to call do what's called a flanking maneuver, which will take you and move you to the opposite side of the creature. What that does, it gives both you and Bowden advantage on your attack rolls. If
3: I weren't running away.
0: <laughs> um, well, you you get a constitution check at the beginning of your turn to see what happens. If you fail it, oh. you can oh, okay. run away.
3: I see. I'm frozen this round, and then yeah. next round I get. To, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so,
1: ship wants to flank. Okay.
0: So. so, you you move you. So nice thing is by staying in contact and melee and everything else, you don't have to worry about opportunity attacks. But you can move over and put yourself in more advantageous position for you and your com- companions to fight this creature. So, and you are now flanking. Adirac, you see I... see the little half halfling, right?
2: Uh, no, it's too
3: small.
0: It's too small. You see the half <laughs> move around, disappear to the large, the the large side, the other side of this lizard, giant eight legged lizard with Bowden, seemingly frozen with his hammer raised, not moving or reacting to anything. What do you want to do?
2: I reach into my pouch and I pull out a blue gel that I had in a in a flask, and I uh, I rub it. And I throw it towards the creature and this will cast uh ray of frost on the creature, one of the two cantrips I know at this stage in my
0: life. Uh, <laughs> and so that it, is a your throwing range is twenty feet, correct?
2: Uh well it's a the range of the action is sixty feet. Okay, so what I'm doing with it is a um a is line, a flavor.
0: Yeah, got okay, so it's a line attack, gotcha. Just make yeah. sure I I get the mechanics right. So sixty feet, yeah, well within range.
2: And it's a D eight, it's Ray of Frost. No frost chip. Oh, and it's a plus five, so that's an 18 to hit. And it does does two points of cold
0: damage. Just two points? Okay. You see a. You. Well, Bowden, you're a little bit too afraid to figure out what that is, but nice blue spot (laughs) appears on the creature (laughs) where where some of the skin freezes and turns black in a very short period of time. Ooh.
2: He used thrusting on it. (laughs) And then I'm going to, I still have my movement. Um, So what I'm going to do is I am going to move. Can I, is that the, is that the pass right there?
0: Yeah. So the dark, the dark line in the center is the actual trail, uh, trail slash road you guys are on. So you can move anywhere in between those about four squares.
2: Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to move, um, towards the horse uh, about three or four squares horse and then up square. one four up one to the, uh, to the right or uh, oh yep there okay. there we are
0: Unfortunately, and that the rider, is the riders as you as you approach you see the rider is just cowering in fear where is that and the horse has finally got back to its three of the three of its four legs that is my turn okay so with that being said, those are your positions. All right. Top fireball either. formation. Um, Beginning return and yeah, fireball formation. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody. <laughs> Bowden, please give me a constitution save. Got it. Oh, eight. You have to flee your movement away from him.
3: Who fails on
0: a dwarf constitution? Painful. <laughs> uh, running as fast as his little legs can carry him. Yeah. Um ah! Your movement is fleeing away. If, if you have a ranged weapon, you can still engage him with an attack from range. Uh oh, oh wait, I know what I can do.
3: I can uh <laughs> i'm gonna throw us i'm gonna throw a sacred flame over my shoulder
0: ah! <laughs> <laughs> right a take that dex save for them right uh yes this is dex save <laughs> not very good <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a moment where chip could like monk in and make sure this what, what was it again Bowden? Oh, Sacred Flame? Sacred Flame. Can I make sure the Sacred Flame deflects where we want it to go? Did
2: you use the help he gave you? Or she gave you?
1: Oh, yeah. Do you remember I gave you help?
3: Uh, Yes. I did that with a very bad... I rolled a one and a six on my attack roll Uh, on that round. All
0: right. So, it fails its its dexterity saving throw to full damage.
3: All right. Here it comes. Oh, I've just... uh, One. Yeah. All right. I am tempted to fake these rolls, but <laughs>
0: nope, nope. That was a one. Yeah. So a TPK
2: on our first session would be amazing. Yeah,
0: that would be great. <laughs> I already have the rating of a killer DM. <laughs> that would just, just ensure the rating. What happened in session zero? He killed everyone without <laughs> compunction. <laughs> Shortest campaign yet. <laughs> yeah. Nevertheless, session zero. All right, um, Bowden, or not Bowden, you're you're running away. Chip, you're in base-to-base. Base. Please give me a constitution saving throw as you realize it's just you and the giant eight-legged lizard. A very Twelve. Little...
1: Eleven plus one. Twelve.
0: I'm perfectly fine. You're like, yeah, screw you, lizard. You may be bigger than I am, but I'm still mm-hmm. going to whoop you.
1: Mm-hmm. All yours. Not today. All right, uh, so would it be crazy of me to just go nuts and jump on the lizard's back?
0: No, by all means. Rule I of cool. Just go do Crazy
1: it. with my short sword and just.
0: All right. So is that give, feasible? Yeah. Give me an athletics check. As you go, the... as you use your movement to run up one of its legs and plant yourself. You know, you're gonna do the, you do the eight second bull ride. Well, it's called it the eight second lizard ride. <laughs> I believe, that so, the, uh, I believe that is the mounted fillet action. <laughs>
1: bobs tonight y'all <laughs>
2: <laughs> hope you like lizard
1: <laughs> so well athletics not strength not dexterity
0: correct so athletics if you're trained in it all right, this would be acrobatics because you're trying more of more dexterous activity so what you get to do is you get to roll um acrobatics is a dex based um dexter anyways you get to roll a check and roll your Whatever you roll, add your proficiency, if you're proficient in it, and also add your proper modifier.
2: So, for instance, under the skill of uh, acrobatics, my dex has a plus two bonus, so I would add that plus two. Is there anything else I would add?
0: If you're proficient in it, you get to add your proficiency.
2: Ah. Oh, so isn't it already counted in there, though?
0: No, proficiency is separate. Oh what are you trying to roll skills. acrobatics check
1: okay. acrobatics check yeah. so for skills i am super limited and acrobatics is not one of the selected
0: so it's not yeah. one of your trained ones but you can do any skill that you, you can do any skills in D D. it's just you don't get that proficiency bonus of uh, uh as you level up
3: yeah what, what's the what's the plus number next to acrobatics on yours zero plus zero Ooh. good luck <laughs> yeah bon chance, mon ami <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're, you're trying to be—you're trying to be very not graceful, but you're trying to jump yourself onto a moving creature.
1: So, which dice do I roll to go D20. with my plus zero acrobatics? D
0: twenty. How's your athletics, by the way?
3: That's like one, two, three things down from our. Minus acrobatics. one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you shouldn't do either one. <laughs> shouldn't do that one either.
1: Uh, oh, roll. I
3: mean, if you can roll one. Oh,
1: man, guys, you do
3: whatever you want. This is true.
1: My D twenty rolled a seven. Okay. You Whoa. in your roll up.
0: <laughs> you go to put your you plant your uh, one foot on one of its uh, legs. as it's starting to move around to engage you with its teeth, and you don't get a good good grip to actually move up. But you can still strike it with your sword. You i just didn't night- stab myself
1: though. That's go ahead and swing. Your, go ahead and swing your full. sword. Okay, <laughs> swinging. Uh, so which would that be?
0: That would be another attack roll with a D twenty, or you can click on the little icon next to your sword. For no damage. Oh, uh, there should be. Or the hit. The two hits.
2: Okay. It's the same one. Yeah. Well, you're no. I think uh, they'll both do the same thing. No, they so, won't. You're right. You have to do the hit first.
1: Uh, so when I hit, I got a one plus three when I hit hit slash DC.
0: Okay. So one plus three is four. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. So if so. let um, me. Sorry, I'm not familiar enough with D&D Beyond on the character side to, to say things intelligently on it. Let me just double check. I want to make sure you're rolling and get your fair roll in there. I don't want characters. I want new campaigns.
2: So your D20 was a 1?
1: So uh, help me clarify. So there's my D20, but then there's also, when I'm under attack, there is the hit slash DC, which says plus three. Does that resemble a dice?
2: So if you click that button, it'll roll a D20 for you.
1: That is, so what I did was I clicked that button and it was a one plus three. Okay. So, so, you that was the my... total.
0: so oh. given the fact that you're just trying to run up his leg and everything else, you slip mm-hmm. through yourself off balance, your sword swing wasn't really effective going in and just glanced off one of its armored shoulders. You're like, that didn't work very well. Doing no damage whatsoever. You don't, at least you don't manage, at least it's not one of those things where you stab yourself in the foot with a natural one.
1: Did I, so I didn't get nothing, not an Achilles tendon, not a scale scratched. I
0: mean, it's embarrassing. It's like, uh, when you go by and key a car and you don't even leave a mark.
1: (laughs) Not that I would, not that Chip, Chip would not do such a thing.
0: (laughs) No, no. No, but the DMs do. <laughs> All right. Ad-Rock, you are up.
2: All right. Um, I would like to move to the other side of the horse uh, in line with where I am. Okay. And a little bit towards my other character to the right. Nope. Other way. Other way. Yeah. Oh, right there. And I'm now facing and I can see everybody, you can which see is kind of cool. Um and that's important and i'm going to now uh try to uh, i pull out a red uh piece of gel and i use my alchemist tools and i i say something and i throw a red piece of gel at it uh and it turns into a firebolt and we're gonna see what what happens firebolt is a d10 i hope something good happens Something good happens, and uh, that's a twenty-three to hit.
0: Oh, it definitely blasts into its side as you know, as it's turning its, turning its toothy maw towards the small halfling that you see engaging.
2: And that is seven uh, fire damage.
0: Nicely done.
2: And that is my turn.
0: All right. As you let loose with a firebolt, you see the bolt catch it just behind, just at the top of the head and sort of roll its way down the spine and into the tail. You can see the skin blacken and char from it. And you see the creature, um, technically you're within 30 feet. I'll just, go ahead and give me a constitution roll. I forgot you, had, you were within 30 feet there. Hey, uh, Drock. Ooh, that was a good one.
2: Hope they're all that good. Uh, my constitution is plus two, so uh seventeen.
0: And so that means Oh wait,
2: um my say it's a saving throw? Saving throw. Oh, uh nineteen.
0: Okay. So that means your firebolt successfully goes off, and like I said, it hits just behind the back of the head and rolls down the center of the spine, reaching all the way down the tail. You see the skin blacken and char as the damage goes, and you hear the creature rear its head back and let out a roar of anguish. As, it, as you can see, the sunburn goes to one of those really deep burns that you're like, it's going to hurt the next day. Bowden. You were, All right. You were able to move 25 feet away from it, so you're just within range for it to uh, to force a saving throw. One more time. All right. Another con save. No,
3: wait, what? Another con yes.
0: save for the dwarf. I'm going to screen cap that one. <laughs> Natural 20. A one. A one. So you got to keep moving away at your speed. So you move another 25 feet as far, fast as your little legs will carry you. Yes, I am. Even as, even as
3: delicious smelling as the uh, grilled lizard might be at the moment, I'm going to keep running. Okay. You guys Can, are... I fling? Can I fling another spell over my shoulder? Yeah, ah, <laughs> Another Sacred Flame. Let's see what
0: we can do with this mess. Uh, how far does the Sacred Flame reach? Uh, range, 60 feet. I'm okay. in. Yeah, you got it. It's the last Sacred Flame at this range. Okay, guess what I got this time? A two. A two.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're just going up the ladder slowly, aren't you? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> so, between Ad-Rock's fire flamethrower and Bowden's Sacred Flame... You see the creature look down at you, Chip, and look back at the holes, dug. and you see it take its movement and start swinging back around from the hole that it came out of and start digging its way back in. You see, for such a large creature, it quickly moves and vanishes back underground, and you can still hear it moving with the cave. It's a natural tunnel collapsing behind him.
2: That was frightening.
0: Wow. So... The creature has fled between the magical energies that have been thrown at it. It wasn't, didn't it, you figure it wasn't worth the meal that it was trying to get out of the horse. So he ran away snickering. <laughs> <laughs> Did not get the horse flesh meal that it so, so, so desired. Um. With that being said, I'll finish out the round. Chip, what would you like to do?
1: Oh, well, I may not be an acrobatic, athletic, no monk. Uh, I am now concerned about the horse. Okay. Is What is the horse doing?
0: Attack of opportunity? How about that, Gary? Oh, yeah. Actually, you know what? It, it, you're right. Chip, you actually get an attack of opportunity as the creature flees away from you. So give me oh, an attack so, roll first.
1: So rewind. Yeah. The tunnel has not collapsed yet?
0: Nope. As the thing starts burying itself under the ground as it moves out of your range, it, there is an attack of opportunity available to you Who? if you'd like to take Woo-hoo!
2: it. Who gets it?
0: Uh, only the people in base-to-base with it. So Chip is the only one as it flees. Get it, Chip! Unless twenty you plus
1: three. Natural twenty. When you say a natural twenty, what does that mean? Uh, you
2: when a, you rolled, did it show a twenty as a as at what you rolled? Yes. Plus whatever.
0: Yes. Yeah, so Correct. You rolled the maximum number of our dice, so that's a critical hit. Woo-hoo! So, ding. Uh, the way we do critical hits a couple different ways is um, I do what's called exploding dice. <laughs> uh, so if you roll on, and this word. This war might be a little bit complicated because if you take your damage dice, let's say you have a damage dice that's D6 and you, and you roll a 6 on it. You get, uh, first of all, it's critical so you get to roll double damage for your item. So you get to, if you only roll a D6, you get to roll 2D6. But if you roll but what I do is I allow open-ended rolls. So if you rolled a 6 on either of those dice, you get to roll that dice again and add to the total. <laughs> so your critical hit could be very substantial overall so whatever you roll uh and that's where not sure how dnd the the dice roller will do for that but uh, uh if you right click, if you right click you can choose
3: critical hit and it will do the critical the base critical hit roll for you then i would say just look at the dice that it shows that you rolled and see if any of them are sixes okay. or whatever the maximum would be
0: yeah follow ken's instructions he's very good <laughs> at
1: so right click yeah. what ken
3: uh okay so where you would normally right click to or where you normally click to do your damage it's the number next to your your uh, the box that you would click to attack correct okay if you right click it, it oh
1: will... critical hit or roll yep,
3: yes so click the critical hit one yeah that's what i'm doing when people are working it's like oh what does happens if i um, do
1: this dm you did mention six uh d6 right
2: yeah is your these were okay. short sort of d6 uh do you does it roll a d what it on the right side it says one d something for damage what is 2, it is it d six
1: yes one d six okay plus yes. one and then um they both rolled three so three plus three plus one
0: okay so if you would have rolled a six on either one of those, i would have said let's get i would have said just do another regular damage roll with the that and you would have added that to that total roll.
1: So, I did not
0: roll sixes. Unfortunately, so it sounds like you did what seven damage.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: well that's still a good hit. Solid hit. That's a very solid hit, especially given the creature and everything else. So, so you give it a parting shot as it ducks back into the tunnel. You get a good, you you uh, keep a souvenir, of the tip of its tail for uh, a, a remembrance of this fight. But it eventually does get in the tunnel and go away. Um that's your reaction ship. That's your reaction to it leaving the battle. Uh, what would you like? You said you wanted to go check on the horse and everything else. You see, the horse is uh, stood up and not. It's a uh, foreleg that you know got chomped on by the uh, giant lizard. Is it's holding it in uh, the garden position as you see blood streaming down from its shoulder.
1: I'd like to get the horse under control. Okay. Uh,
0: give me an animal husbandry check.
1: Uh, Animal handling.
0: Animal handling. Thank you. Husbandry is the last. The last <laughs> thing. <laughs> All right. It's a
1: plus four. Yep. And I rolled a seven plus four, eleven. Mm-hmm.
0: You managed to get a hold of the bridle and you know start calming the animal down, even though you can tell it's in pain and terrified of what just happened because it was almost eaten. Adrock. Actually, I'd speak before I move. Chip. Anything else?
1: Oh how how are my other how are my two comrades?
0: Ah, uh, you hear the dwarf going.
1: I'm leaving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see the uh, looking over the horse. You see the other other one that is uh, the other uh, person. The hobgoblin has uh, is standing there next to the cowering human, watching the uh, giant lizard tunnel back into the ground, kind of looking a little disappointed. But if there's nothing else, Adrock, what would you like to do before the round closes out?
2: I will uh, put my hand out towards the human and say, uh, the beast is gone now. And and, wave, and hold my arm out to help him All right.
0: up. All right. All right. We're out of combat now. So, with that being said, you hold your hand out. The human sort of looks up at you and goes, holy
4: crap. What the
0: hell was that? He's like, then he looks at you and he's like, oh, man, I am lucky you're all here. Takes your hand. As you pull him, as you pull him to his feet and everything else, he dusts himself off a little bit. Looks around. He's like, oh, man, that was a, that was terrifying. But somehow I lived. He goes, uh, then he looks over at his horse. He goes, Sparrow, holy, and he immediately runs up to his horse and, you know, he's got that hand where he's putting on his head, sort of like freaking out, running through his hair, wondering what to do, watching the blood seep down the edge of the horse. Um Bowden, you no longer have that uh feeling of terror behind you. It sort of just faded away as you turn back. What the? What? look and see it's gone. Why? Oh. Whoa, a horse! Run back.
4: Oh.
0: Uh Full-on cure wounds. Okay. All right. Give me a roll. All righty.
2: On you or the horse? The horse. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I know you took some damage, <laughs> so I didn't know if maybe you wanted to catch nope. yourself up.
3: Didn't lay a didn't lay a finger on me. Oh, okay. Uh Just nine did... points for nine points oh. for the horsey.
0: That's so dumb. You see the wound on the horse close up and everything. Uh the wound closes up. The horse seems to calm down between the ma- the soothing magic of the heel as well as chips understanding of taking of animal handling and everything else. It gets it calm. And you see the human look at you guys, he's like, I must be one of the luckiest mans on this road right now. Because if it wasn't for you three, I think my horse and I would be food. He's like, Well, go ahead. uh,
3: It shouldn't be this dangerous. (laughs) We're awfully close to town. Something like that shouldn't be crawling out of the
0: walls. Well, it is the Sword Coast. You never know what goes on. He goes, But, Uh, you know, I really need to. He goes. Let me let me introduce myself. I'm I'm called Volo. I am uh, a traveler, and you are. Well, I'm Boden. He looks at you, Whoa. Chip.
1: Algris, Chip Algris. And
0: he looks over at you,
2: Adrok. Adrok, and and while this is a, it's nice to meet you. Uh, can we uh, get going? Because I don't know when that creature will be back.
0: Don't see why not. We can walk and talk. And uh, as we do that, as, you know, he t- uh, Chip, he does take the horse. He does take his horse from you, Sparrow, and mm-hmm. starts walking at the pace the horse seems to handle. The wound seems to heal. Um, not fully healed, but it's definitely not going to be a problem for the horse. Uh, He goes, but he goes, you know, you're going to have to allow me to repay you somehow and thank you for saving my life. He goes, you wouldn't have me stopping by the roadhouse up ahead, would you, before the night? I haven't thought about it, but it sounds like a good plan as any. He goes, well, then if, if that's where you're stopping, he, he goes, please, allow me to buy you dinner and drinks to at least uh, Ship says yes. say thank you for saving my life. Um, And you also notice the trail is the other few people that were on the trail and everything else were looking around and like have now sort of. Peering back out of like the trees, woods are sort of coming back out and move on the trip. Cause this isn't like an empty road because people are moving towards towards the city and everything else. And you got a few people giving some cheers and you know you got some thank yous coming by saying hey good job. You no, know, eh, every now you know you get an old guy going you know, yeah lizards shop show up all the time. Yeah, you, know, you got all sorts of stuff going on, but you guys have a nice easy walk for about another hour before you guys hit the roadhouse and it's exactly what you would expect. Uh, it's situated about a day's outside of uh, Waterdeep. It is a place that carriages and travelers can stop for the night safely. Uh, it's a combination of tavern slash inn slash stable, self-contained thing with a nice... I wouldn't say defensive wall, but, you know, think of it as a well-defended ranch, uh, set up. And, um, uh... On the way,
3: I want to talk to Adrock because... Something's a little askew here. Talk so, to you. Uh, so, so Ad- Ad-Rock, uh your people and my people historically have not gotten along real well. But I really appreciate the fact you had my back back there.
2: I would I would say that my people don't get along well with uh, with ourselves, let alone anyone else. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: but uh, yes.
3: Well, I appreciate it. It's very much appreciated. And you. Little one, and I, and please note, there aren't many I can say that to. <laughs> you just throwing yourself right in the battle. Much appreciated. That was amazing. Mm. Were, it, Back at were, were it not for the fact that it obviously used some sort of horrible spell to cast some sort of fear over me, I'd have been in there with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your intentions are pure. Good, Bodwin. Indeed, <laughs> so Bowden. Why don't you take a moment as you
0: guys as you guys are walking and talking to describe describe how he looks? You know, you know how Bowden looks, and you know his armor and everything else. Anything that would be attract the attention or curiosity of your traveling companions. Well, Bowden looks like a walking tin can with a giant hammer
3: over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a a bit of a cranky look on his face but it's got a twinkle in his eye as well. He's sort of like Santa Claus with a little bit honked off about him. Uh, His eyes are bright blue. He's about 4'11". He's got black hair. Uh, His skin is medium brown. And he's kind of young for a a dwarf. Uh, But basically, he's uh, pretty much a solid uh,
0: rock. (laughs) He's He's four foot tall, and he's four feet wide. Exactly. (laughs) Chip, why don't you do the same? Describe what your companion, what your traveling companions see.
1: Ah, Chip, being gnome and monk, while forty one is a little slight and a little boyish looking because I believe I've got centuries ahead of me and I'm going to age pretty slowly. (laughs) Kind of a mix, if you were to uh, know of the muggle world, Chip would speak like William Shatner with Mark Damascus in his role in John Wick as character hero. So, Chip likes to talk in third person, and Chip is pretty joyous. Chip is gleeful. Nice. Uh, Chip is small, slight. Chip has a cute fro of hair. And Chip has a twinkle in Chip's eye.
0: Nice. And always. Neb- but, uh, maybe last but never least, Adrock.
2: Uh, Abla- Adrock uh, is a hobgoblin. Adrock Abla- <laughs> is a hobgoblin. Uh, about 5'10, five, 5'11. Five, and he's got the pointy ears, the, the, the square face with the jaw, the jutting jaw. Uh, and he, his eyes uh, betray nothing um he is he wears what appear to be simple clothes uh well tailored uh but are uh actually actually armor um and he uh moves about uh with a an eye towards uh what's going on in the distance uh and you get the feeling that uh he believes that there are people Uh, looking for him so he he appears rather cautious um, cautious and uh, reserved at the moment
0: so for Chip or Edrock any obvious weapons that you carry Edrock
2: carries uh, he carries a a crossbow as well as uh, you see a flail uh, on his uh, left hip and the uh the thing that uh, sets him apart is you notice also that there is a pouch uh next to him that uh, a pouch on his uh, opposite side that he carries and that he seems to be pulling things out of uh to use as uh weapons and or uh, in, instead of casting
0: spells okay how about you chip any obvious weapons other than your short sword that you drew up for combat
1: Negative, but Chip is learning some martial arts. He's
0: got those distinctive stances in the in the in the battle flows of wielding the short swords, much much like a scripted kata. I guess is the best way to say it. Much like in kata.
1: All right. Which Chip also hopes that Adrox's reservedness and guardedness helps Chip out because Chip can't keep a secret and Chip is distracted by shiny things.
0: So, with that being said, Volo. Other than greeting you and talking to you, and he's like, "So, y'all heading to Waterdeep for uh, Midsummer's Festival today, or Midsummer's Festival in a, a few days? Are you not?" Wouldn't miss it. Get the shield meat beat. We get the shield Meat bonus this year. Oh, well, <laughs> once every four years, we get get to celebrate a big party. He goes, "It'll be it'll be nice to be back. I've been been away for a while. Been out traveling and cataloging the countryside." At about that time, you guys carry on the, the courteous conversation. He can't stop gushing enough of how wonderful it is that you guys have... If you, had, you guys hadn't come along, with, what a sad ending to a long long journey would have been down the gullet of some giant lizard. <laughs> and, uh, you guys make your way up to the, like I said, the large, semi-well-defended ranch on the edge of what would be considered farmland. Uh, with this, the final, with, now nah, I wouldn't say the late night sun, but the, you definitely get the idea that from this point down into the city of Waterdeep, it would be more of a downhill trip as you guys get to the coast. As you guys are moving down the road, uh, they'll take you down closer to the coast, which means you'll go from the low highlands, scrublands where you're at, travel down along into the lower areas down to sea level. Um, so, but... As you enter the tavern, a uh, couple young, young human males come out and take out, take a look at the horse, pull the horse into the stable, and everything else. And Volo's like, you know, make sure you take care of that. Give him good feed. You know, what do you You know, I'll, I'll make sure to take care of everything. Um, and that he goes, come on, come on. We've got some great, got some dr- great drinking and food to attend to here. He goes, Bronus, one of the best. One of the best bartenders and uh, all-around hosts you can ever you never run into. And uh, you walk in there, and you know, for a room that can hold thirty or forty people, you're really surprised that it's empty. You're figuring people that are on the road are probably pushing through, or they have other destinations they can make it to before the sun sets. Uh, a lot of people that stop at the roadhouse, you notice, will stop there because their destination Waterdeep, and Waterdeep still, you know, if you're on foot, another day, you know, a little over. A little under a day's travel off if you're on horseback, about a half day's travel, things like that, so. Uh, but you do realize that as you're walking in, there's at least one merchant uh, by the two wagons that are parked out by the stable that at least have come in. Uh, you notice the, uh, there's a total of about a half dozen patrons inside a big center fireplace that's not roaring, but it is going a little bit to add the ambiance to the actual environment. Uh, You see a couple, you see a group of three off to the side drinking, carrying on, having a good time. They don't even bother to look up when newcomers walk in. There's a a table of two that immediately upon your your group of four walking in, they both look up. Uh, (laughs) And you notice that bigger, burly humanoids and everything else. And, you know, from the back, looking at them, they don't really look like much, but as they turn, you can see those teeth poking up, and you can see the darker green skin. Uh, See facial features that are, you know, a combination of orcish and human that are sitting there. And you see them both give you guys the, not the evil eye, but they give you the once-over, like, are you a threat? No, Okay they go back to the ta- they go back to their drinking and talking uh there's a gentleman heavier set finer clothing and everything else at at the bar carrying having a conversation with the uh bartender uh definitely definitely one of your brothers there boden big long gray beard hanging down uh and he's you know got the mug of ale poured out to the human uh there is a, there's another, there's a female waitress, um, there's another female dwarf running around, definitely being the waitress, she's got the tray in the hand, walking over to the, the table of three, collect, collected up a couple glasses and you see, or a couple of the mugs, and you see her move on to a table in the back where at least alone, judging by the robes and the dress and everything else, probably a female is sitting there, covered up, very hard to tell what race she is because she's wearing... The veils, everything else. but best you can see is the eyes. Um, but other than that, you know, for a, something that could probably hold 40 people, there's about a half dozen patrons in there right now. With you guys, rounds it out to about a quarter of its uh, capacity. Volo's like, find a seat. I'll make sure to get us plenty of food and everything else. You see him go up, Bromus! How's it going? And Bromus, you see him looking. And I was like, oh. well, welcome back, Volo. It's good to see you. You, you know, big. He's like, Bromus, is good to see you. I'm back, and... I have some friends that I need to, uh, treat, you know. They they carry on the conversation for a minute. He orders a few things, as uh, Charlene walks, the, uh, waitress walks by. He yells out her name, Charlene, and, uh, gives her a big hug. And, uh, she says, have a seat, I'll bring everything to you. And he comes back to the table and plops down and, uh, goes, so, what, what is your story? It's, it's not every day we meet, he goes, it's not every day that I meet, uh, three strangers that'll save my life from, I don't even know what that, and you see him pull out a book out of his, uh, you know, of the pack that he has on the floor, and starts flipping through it, and you say, hmm, I don't know, might have been, and he he goes, he goes, huh, lizard, Uh, not sure, apparently it's like paralyzing gaze, fear factor, I wonder, and he flips another page, he goes, ooh, he goes, you know, I didn't get a good picture of this, but, you know. And he turns the he turns the book towards you guys and slides it forward. And it's got a sketch of an eight-legged lizard. You know, much very similar to what you guys saw, uh, sitting there. And he goes, Is this he goes, I think this is what I saw. What about you guys? Like I said, it's a it's a lizard. It looks the same. It's got longer teeth, it's got the eight legs, it's got the tail and everything behind it, it's got the instead sort of like the leathery skin though, this one has like the armored scales, which you'd find the more Long line, lines of like an armadillo type-looking scales, but he uh, goes. That's about the closest I, I think, I've encountered on this one.
3: That looks like it. What is it?
0: If, uh Do you read what language? I know is, what
3: it. I know what uh, it is <laughs> What languages
0: do you, does the Aiden read, or Bowden read? Excuse me.
3: Uh Common, Draconic, and Dwarvish.
0: Yeah, he writes in common and everything else, so you're like, he's got he's got the word basilisk written on it. Basilix? Basilix.
3: Basilisks? That's a weird name. Yeah. Why don't you just call it Big Fear Lizard? Because
0: <laughs> I think that's what it translates out of Elven. Not sure though. Oh, alright, that makes sense. Yeah. We see?
2: are we are fortunate to be alive. What was nah. this What's this guy's <laughs> name that we're hanging out with again? Volo.
1: Volo. Bello? Volo V O L O, if I understand no. correctly.
2: Volo, yep. <laughs> Okay. I Volo, was... I would uh I would love to hear your story. What brings you here?
0: I am returning from a long travels down in the uh, vast jungles in the land of Cholt. It's like I've gone down there to catalog the creatures and the indigenous life uh indigenous life that's down there and with a little bit of luck get the history of my travels once again published and make a and uh, make a very fine tale of what's going on in the world
2: this would uh, this would seem to be your your domain but what is a basilisk doing uh this close to civilization
0: Given they're uh, generally an underground creature, and uh, unfortunately, this one might might have made its home nearby the trails, for, or nearby the road, simply for feeding. Your guess is as good as mine. It's a wild. He's, from what I've read, read about them, is uh, they're wild creatures, solitary hunters, but they do mate, they do have offspring and everything. In the world, in the in the uh, Peninsula and Chult in the jungles. I've heard a tale that uh, some of the witch doctors would actually some of the more evil ones would capture and train them to be pets. To use as uh, creatures to guard and hi- guard and chase away those that uh, chase away from areas. Like a big evil guard dog. I mean, think about it. A creature that can cause fear like that? No one would come bother you. How are we sitting around the table? Probably take up most of the bed at night, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's your choice of how you guys choose to sit around the table. Uh, Volo's sort of plopped down. He's got his back to the bar facing the fire. Um, Darn, I, I wanted
3: the seat near to the bar.
0: <laughs> well, he's, he doesn't get the closest seat to the bar. He just gets back to the bar. Right, then I'm in it.
1: <laughs> Chip wants to whisper to Bowden. assuming I'm sitting next to you, Bowdoin. Yeah. As uh, Volo is describing Baskett, I want to ask—he uh, seems to know a lot about it. But did you notice when it first came out and the eyes were glowing? Yeah. Did you notice that too?
3: Yeah, it scared the crap out of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you think do you think that guy would know what that's about?
3: Maybe. Good question. Maybe we should check. Hey, Volo. Yeah.
0: And
3: did you see that? Gl- he- did you see that glowy mess that came out of his eyes? He goes.
0: It was terrifying, was it not? Just yes! At creature, literally terrifying <laughs> Just looking at that thing paralyzed me with I mean, I, I could not move. It was it was beyond anything I've held. But and he he goes, I've heard tell that, you know, creatures like that can actually their gaze can turn people literally to stone with just the fear. I'm not uh. sure. He goes, but uh I'm glad that one was just scary, ugly. Or or I'm glad whatever ability it had, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever that glowing was, was just nothing more than causes of paralyzing fear. I don't think I'd ever want to encounter one that they could really turn somebody to stone.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, it
3: ran, and I'm appreciative of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, looking back, he's like... I was coming out of my fear, and all I saw was. And he looks over at Adrock, and he goes, "I saw you stretch out your hand, and it was just a gout of flame leaped from it, and charred the creature." And then you know, even though you were at a distance, cat you know, casting some type of magic, because I've recognized the magic that you guys are doing. I've seen others do it. I don't think it. I don't think it was a big fan of any type of magical threat, and uh, I think that would be the. Uh, Best defense against it. Hmm. Well.
3: (laughs) That's usually my best offense. (laughs) Problem is it doesn't work well when I'm running the other way.
1: Well, Chip is curious. (laughs) Chip is wondering, do you think this basilisk only wanted to eat you? Are you sure there was nothing else about you it was interested in? I
0: have no idea why a creature would want to eat me at all now i now i take that back there was this time when i you know going through the jungle and everything else i was walking along the trail and you know it's just one of those things that happens when, when you're on the trail that it, uh happened to look down and uh yes beauty is barking up a storm
1: <laughs> npc
0: yeah it's a you, you guys hear a dog barking off in the distance you, you guess the kids are playing outdoors Outside, and you know if nothing else, whatever's being evil around the ranch is being chased off, but he's like anyways, back in choult, I was moving along a trail, and uh i did I did encounter a very large serpent that uh had no qualms in trying to eat me at all, and uh it would it was very interesting to stare into its giant eyes as it just sort of lulls you to sleep as it as it coils wrapped around you and if it wasn't for my guide I probably would be not here right now much like if it wasn't for the three of you I don't think me or I don't think Sparrow or myself would be here right now I think we'd be food at that creature's belly.
1: Chip is thankful you're so lucky.
0: So am I, and he's like, and he reaches into his, you see he's reaching back into his pouch. But at that time, the waitress comes back with a large plate of assorted foods, uh, fruits, vegetables, meats, cheeses, items like that. And she sets out four pints of uh, alcohol. And uh, you see Volo reach into his bag, grab his coin pouch and everything else, take out ten gold and put it on the table. And he goes, you know, this is for the food and drink, and uh make sure we have rooms uh, for all all of us you know i if it wasn't for them i and he has no problem recanting the tale of how you saved his life, and one of the things you do realize when he recants the tale to the waitress, the creature got bigger <laughs> The creature got bigger and more fierce um, and for
2: effect i uh, for effect while he's telling that story, I take out uh, my tools and i uh there's uh on the table i spread my hand across uh and you can see now the picture of the basilisk uh you know spreading across the table uh and with my hand i wipe across the table and it now becomes on our table is this this giant uh image of the basilisk on the wood
1: the The very one we bought or a a generic image
2: a generic image of the basilisk that matches the one that I saw in his, um, the one that I saw in his his book. Okay.
0: So very similar to the one you guys saw on the uh, road and, and fought, but minor changes. Doesn't have that black blackened skin scar down the back of it. But um, and you see Charlene's, You see the waitress looks at you and she's like, "That is wow." You all fought that, and she looks around at the three of you. She goes, "Really? That's nearby." Surprised us as well. <laughs> <laughs> might
2: yes, and it seems it was hungry.
3: Uh, I would have preferred to have taken it out, but it ran. Uh, as it should have.
0: <laughs> she goes, Not that there's anything wrong with running, mind you. Yeah. Bromus, you need to come see this. <laughs> and she calls over, Bromus comes walking over. He's like, oh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard tales of those. It might be, we may need to call, it, we may need to mention it to the local guards to keep their eye out for these. Is Bromus, he's a human or a dwarf? He's a dwarf. dwarf or something else. He's a he's dwarf? A dwarf? They're, they're both the waitress and Bromus are dwarves.
3: Alright, is she a proper lady dwarf?
0: Yeah, she's a proper lady dwarf. Yep. <laughs> Alright. She's a shield maiden. <laughs> she keeps the braids, instead of like the big fluffy dwarf, she keeps it like nice braids. Like four sets nice. of braid just going down, all twisted. She's got the various beads and items like that in it keeps keeps them... You know, looking nice. Harris, Very proper. Yeah, is pulled back, kept tight. You don't, don't have to worry about it getting into the food, getting over the, you know, while she's cooking. She doesn't have to worry about it, you know, getting over into the fireplace, things like that. All the good stuff. But, you know, they they bring on some nice meats and everything else, and you guys carry on. And about the time Volo reaches up and, uh, you know, takes a swig of his ale, he's like, ooh. He's like, Charlene, what, what's wrong with this ale? And she goes, what's wrong with my mug? She's like, it's the same hell we always serve you. He's like, no, 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 this is a celebration. Where's Harborough's whiskey? She's like, we're out. What do, you, what do you mean you're out? It's almost Midsummer's Eve and you can't be out. So they have a quick conversation, you know, back and forth. And she's like, comes back over. And she says, well, I'll find you something. You know, and grabs, the, grabs the mug and everything else. And that's when the three gentlemen that you saw uh, sitting in there that are carrying on, you know, you guys take a, you know, the glance at them and when you look at them, you sort of write them off as, you know, travelers. But then you actually look at them, you're like, no, these are probably more local farmers that are ha- coming out for a night to reminisce, talk, and enjoy. And that's when one of them leans over, lean, leans over looks at you, and he goes, hey, he goes, yeah, Bromus isn't happy. He goes, uh, Harborough hasn't delivered his uh, promised uh, whiskey in about about a week. It's a week overdue. And, uh, you know, with midsummer coming up, there's, there's going to be a lot of people demanding his whiskey. But, um... He's like, What do you mean he's been what do you mean nobody's he hasn't delivered? He's like, Yeah. No one's seen him in a week. And uh with all the stuff with all the travel and everything that's going on I think Harborough's gonna miss out on a good uh you know, especially with Shield with Shield Meat going on, he's gonna miss out on a good profit if he doesn't get his whiskey delivered. Is he on his own? You is that what you asked of that one gentleman? Yeah. He goes, No I'd be worried. it. If... <laughs> no, he's not on his own. I mean he's He's got his ra- he's got his farm and distillery right up the road, about a half day, but uh, a little about a, ha- a little over a half day from here. But uh, yeah, come to think of it, I haven't. And he looks over the other two. Have you guys spoken with him? And, nah, I haven't seen him in probably a ten day. Yeah, no, nah, I haven't. Yeah, none of us have. The bro like, "Yeah, he's late," and this is well, he's normally you, know, you can hear him yelling across the bar. It's like, yeah, why he's normally late? This is worse than this is worse than uh, he's ever been. He Look, goes. giant lizards is bad enough,
3: <laughs> but missing whiskey—that's right out.
0: <laughs> he says it is. He says it is. And he goes. Oh, so by the way, did you really get? Did you really encounter that big lizard, or is Volo just telling one of his tall tales again? Oh no, it was there. It was big. Very big.
3: It was pretty big. <laughs> it was bigger than me. <laughs> that's all I cared about.
0: <laughs>
3: it was bigger than me. Bigger than Chip. About the same sizes. <laughs> and Sandrock. <Sides> Rock. <laughs> eight legs going every which way. And eyes.
0: The eyes. That's what gets you. Wow. Yeah, we have to keep our eye out in the... Uh... Make sure that creature doesn't come back. But, uh... Wait, the... the Charlene the waitress comes back and everything else, and she's got a little bit... She... She brings out... A couple bottles, sets them on the table and everything, and, uh... With that, she says, well... And then she takes another bottle, heads over to the, uh... The lone figure in the back. Uh... You notice the... More well-dressed, older, heavyset gentleman that was talking to Bromas at the bar has gone and sat down... With the two half works and is uh, holding a conversation with them. But other than that, what would you guys like to do? I got a question for you, Volo. Oh, go ahead. Yes. He's like, oh You've been This is actually good si- this is good wine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Alright, for a guy that's been everywhere, I got a question. I've asked a lot of people, but nobody seems to really know. Back at home, in the mountain, underneath the mountain. There was an accident. I got a lot of rocks dropped onto me. That's okay, happens. When you're people like me, rocks fall on your head sometimes. But this, this separated me from my family, trapped me underneath the rocks for quite a while. Days. Not quite important. The important part was I didn't die. But while I was trapped under the rocks, I saw something and it did something. I don't know what it is. I saw this silvery but not silvery big worm. Not like squirmy worm. Big WYRM worm. And it looked at me. And it said this word and I don't know what
4: it's meant. But it said See him stopped for a
0: second. Hmm. No, no, no. He goes, I could always ask, uh, he takes a sip of his wine, he goes, I could always ask uh, scholar friends. I have, I have some contacts in the city that very good with uh, words.
3: I had a friend of mine make a, I drew him a picture of the worm. This is what I made. Mm-hmm. This is holy symbol. Holds yeah. it up. That's what it looks like. Any ideas?
4: Ah, uh,
0: he goes Father Dumas has a similar symbol that I've seen before hmm. in the town of Waterdeep in the city of Waterdeep Father Dumas, yeah, he goes that's where I've seen that before Father Dumas wears one of those or at least I've seen him carry one I'm not sure if he still wears it Father yeah. Dumas Dumas D-U-M-A-S
3: all right, I appreciate it. I'll look
0: him up. By well, all means, he's like. So, Adrock. I was
2: I was going to say I uh, I motioned for Charlene uh, to come over, and as she, she uh, on over to... as she bends down next to me, I I slide her a a gold coin and I ask her, uh, "Who is the shrouded gentleman in the corner, and what's his business?"
0: She gives a bit of a chuckle. She goes, well, the the Shrouded One is not a gentleman. This is a, uh, a young lass. Uh, she seems to be waiting for somebody who has not made his appearance yet. And uh, She seems somewhat upset, but at the same time, uh, not overly disturbed by her missing companion. But if you'd like to know more, I'm pretty sure you could ask her herself. Yourself.
2: I pick up my drink I walk over uh, to her and I say uh, Is this seat taken?
0: She looks up with that slow, almost air of boredom and looks up at you. Does that size up, size down? She goes No. Are you interested in taking it?
2: It's it. It is. Uh, is positively lovely to meet you. Uh, I am Adrock, and I I sit down, and I say, uh, "Why does no one else have the pleasure of your company right now?"
0: Ah. Only because the the one I'm supposed to meet is not here yet, but he will be soon. He is running late. I am Viren.
2: What was that? What was that last thing you said?
0: I am Viren. V I R R E N. Wonderful. I'm from Waterdeep. And I don't take I don't take it you are from the city. Where are you from, Adrock? Oh
2: far off. Uh I haven't seen my my homeland in some time. Uh but now I am I am where I can uh where I can tinker and where I can uh, meet, find people such as yourself. Understood. Uh, now what's... Uh,
0: Give me an insight there, check. Insight check there, Adrock. Insight or investigation. Your choice.
2: Okay. You uh, I'll, so I'll do which one ever does better for me. Let's see. Insight gives me a plus zero. Investigation gives me a plus three, so I'll take the plus three. <laughs> uh, I have a 22.
0: So as, you're, as you sit down, as you start speaking to Viren, you notice that you take a harder look at the, you take a closer look at the clothes and realize they're much finer than they look at a distance. The outer clothing is meant to be travel clothing, you know, meant to be a little bit more worn rough. But you can see, you know, more like the silk ro, more like a silk dress. You can see the on her hand where jewelry would normally reside is no longer there. Um, she wears very fine clothes and she has some obvious signs of other wealth but she's not openly displaying that wealth. She's actually downplaying it as much as possible, but with at the same time she's keeping there's only so much she's willing to she she's willing to downgrade too.
2: I use I I reach into my pouch and I um I pull out uh, my tinkerers tools and I I fiddle with curious uh with the post that's next to our our table. Uh and as I do so I quickly um use the tools on it and I put them back in my pouch as quickly as I can. And now there is a uh a white noise sound so that anyone who is not sitting in our table cannot hear what we are saying. Okay. And uh, that is my second magical tinkering of the day. Okay. Uh, actually it's special, so I don't think it's just three objects at yeah. a time.
0: She she watches you for a moment. She goes, "You're a curious one."
2: Well, now we now we may speak. Uh, now we may speak freely. No one will hear us. Um, I can't I can't help but notice that you are um, you are uh, well well uh, appointed, and uh, in the corner of a dark tavern uh and i i would i would like to know more i would like uh it, it it does not appear that these two things uh match so whether it's the pleasure of your company or uh, assisting you in your endeavor i would like to know more
0: give me a persuasion roll there I drop.
2: that's gonna be terrible <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm gonna need i'm gonna need all the help i
2: can get on this one Oh, that's a nine. As I told you, that was terrible. That was I minus one persuasion.
0: <laughs> so she looks at you. She's like, "Hmm, well, I'm not in the. I'm not normally in the habit of divulging what I do or why I do it to a stranger I just met in, in as you said, some dark, dimly some dimly lit tavern. But <clears throat> given the circumstances and my concern for my companion, I." You seem like somebody I could at least have a, have an honest conversation with. She goes, i am waiting for a friend. That is, uh, he's about a day's overdue. Which concerns me, but given the circumstances of our relationship, I do not doubt he has his reasons.
2: And what is, uh, is this, uh, why was this friend coming to meet you? And, and why here?
0: How is the best way to describe the fact that, uh,
2: the meeting needs to be a. Are win? you that kind of friends? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and fade to black. She's. she's <laughs> She smiles and takes a sip of her glass. She goes, "We have we have our reasons for meeting here and uh it is away from the worries and woes of the city." So,
2: "My dear, I I believe that that I can that w- we can help you find out where your friend is for a for a price, of course."
0: Um, Sounds like a very generous offer, and I don't. And I may actually have need of it when the sun rises. If he has not shown up, I would gladly accept your services.
2: Well, I trust that uh, we we will be staying here, but uh, you should you can ask around for me. Uh, I'm sure
0: probably you probably
2: won't see other hobgoblins in town.
0: I'm pretty sure you won't be hard to find. I will, and... be, I will be here till I will be here till mid morning tomorrow. If my friend has not shown up, I will uh, seek you out to. Maybe you can go find where, he, where he's off to. I'd be much disappointed if he does not arrive tonight.
2: I look forward to it. Would you uh, Would you care to join our table, or or shall you remain here?
0: I would not care to join your table. Good sir.
2: Well, I, I will take my leave of you then, uh, and uh, we'll wait your call.
0: Hopefully, it doesn't come to that.
2: I feel is... the same way.
0: Thank you for an enjoyable conversation. Um, the even though she's kept the veil over her face and you know kept herself. Pretty much hidden and everything else. What languages do you speak, there, Adrock?
2: I speak Common and Goblin.
0: Goblin, okay. So, your investigation check was—you're pretty sure you had a very high investigation. You're pretty sure that uh, she's a she's an elven female based on the lilt and sound of her voice, uh. You know, without basically tearing the veil off her head and everything else and figuring out you're not going to get a good idea. Uh, She also has a manner of very polite and very thought speech patterns. So it also gives you, you know, the conversation gives you the impression that she is probably part of a noble family or, you know, a very high class uh, merchant family uh, within the city. But uh, while that's going on, the Rowdy Dwarf and Halfling. Chip, what are you guys doing with Wolo?
1: Chip always strives to not be a powder because pounding is in what he tends to fall back on. But Chip allowed himself a moment to momentarily pout because Chip is so bummed there's no whiskey. Chip's never had whiskey. This was the summer to roll in the whiskey and Chip was a little crushed, realizing there's no whiskey this festival. But We'll uh,
0: Harper's whiskey—that's even more
1: disappointing. Uh, I even now Chip is double devastated. Um, you've,
0: you've heard tales of Harper's whiskey. It's you know he's one of those uh, distillers that <clears throat> very you know very small brewer and everything else, but very high demand um, across the. Uh, you know, you've heard tales of it, and people have spoken about it f- pretty much far and wide. One of those small breweries that, that gets. National renown.
1: This is on Chip's bucket list. <laughs> All the more reason. Um, Chip is always seeking more knowledge on brewing and spirits and ales and the finer things in life. Um, but during this moment trying to pout, Chip is slightly distracted, not knowing what is happening between Adrock and the mysterious veiled lady. But Chip is also didn't notice about Bowdoin, that Bowdoin had a real vision about this worm so the add and chip is like oh my gosh but chip also wants to know more about this animal seeking (laughs) volo and what's going on (laughs) so chip comes to to refocus on the conversation at hand between boden and volo
0: okay yeah and like like i said you come back in on the tail end of it with these uh volo mentioning father dumas and uh and he sort of looks back and uh he's like ah You know, Elvin Wine's good. He's like the local ales are even better, but there's nothing beats the whiskey. He's like, you know, and he, he looks back over the three the three uh, gentlemen. And he's like, didn't you gentlemen say that he hasn't been seen in a couple weeks? Mm. Yeah. Ah, he he hasn't even come for the grain that uh, he hasn't even come for some of the grain he bought for me about two weeks ago. Yeah, about yeah. So remember, a week is ten is ten days long. So it's almost been twenty days since anybody's seen him. And nobody sought for him? Ah, well, you know, it's a busy time of year. We have midsummer, we have we, we have our own harvest, we have our own food to get out. We have a lot of stuff going on to get ready, especially for the celebration. But uh Does he have family? Oh yeah, they all they all live on the farm together. Thinking tomorrow we go and get our own takeout. Volo's like, That's a dandy of an idea. He's like, What you know what? I and it, you can tell Volo He's not lightweight, but he's definitely packed. While well, everybody else is like sipped through one pint, he's on his like third pint. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, that that sounds like a wonderful idea. Why don't you? And he sort of points around the room. Why don't you all go buy, You know, go find Harborough and make sure he can deliver his whiskey uh, uh, because Bromus needs his whiskey, and so why? Chip nudges <laughs> everybody like, yeah, let's yeah. get the whiskey, and he's like. Um, you had me I, at whiskey. <laughs> he's like, and I will make it worth your wild. And about that time that he's like, whoa, don't spill the glass type thing. He's like, I'll make it worth your, you know, speaking of worth your wild. He's like, I owe you for saving my life. He's like, dinner, drinks, small token. I mean, small token, because now I can continue what I want to do with my, my reading, my, my writing, my writing, my reading, my writing.
4: He's in a cops." Yeah. <so. laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> not gonna miss my shot. But <laughs> uh he reaches into his bag and everything else. He's like, so for your troubles. He pulls out, he's like Hmm. He's like feeling his pouch, he's like, Is me lighter on coin than I thought it was. He stacks ten gold coins in front of each of you. He goes He goes, not a lot. He goes, but if you find Harborough and meet me at the at meet me at the yawning portal in waterdeep i will promise you another 90 gold each to do this for me you know so i think you know 100 golds 100 gold per head is pretty fair for saving my life um what about you you got a deal <laughs>
1: Chip approves
0: <clears throat> but uh with that being said he's like continues to drink and he gets the three far the three farmers to come over and join and you guys pretty much have a good good party the uh eventually the half or- orcs come over and uh carry on you get to meet the no excuse me the merchant Elric introduces himself he's bringing in uh some silks and some other Cloth from the uh, from the kingdom down south of uh, the swordwind uh, called An, A-N-N, or An, however you want to pronounce it. They're uh, a fine maker of various different types of cloth with the type of cottons that's grown down there. Items like that. So, but uh, the nights of Festival Night, lots of uh, cheering and drinking, and uh, Bolo is very happy to entertain... People with tales across the land of where he's been and uh anybody want to do an insight check why he's telling his tales?
1: Sure. Yes, please. Go ahead. Uh ten. Okay. <laughs> Is that investigation?
0: Insight, not it's investigation. Two up from it. Yeah.
1: Is it possible I don't have
0: Insight? No, you have 17, it. you have it.
3: Yeah, it, it's, it's there. It's just might be plus zero or something like that.
0: Insight is basically your ability to... It's
2: one of the skills to the right of the far left column. So it's the second column on your character sheet.
0: Insight's basically the best... Insight, oh,
1: actually I have plus
0: four. There you go. Oh. it's the ability to basically read people. So determine... if you click
2: on that box next to it, and uh, just like you would anything else it a roll, and it'll add your plus four to it.
0: Eight
1: plus four. Twelve.
0: Twelve total. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> so you uh Bowden, you got yourself a eight, you said total?
3: Oh crud, I just cleared it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. uh, no, eleven. It was eleven. 11. Okay.
0: Uh, Both was... of you realize that Volo's tales are not untruthful, but they are definitely the uh they do get he does take creative uh... he turns his speech up to 11. yeah he he, he <laughs> takes a he takes a, a creative leisure I forget the actual term but he create he, he creates a little bit more intriguing of a tale and keeps people's interest and in everything else and he goes on hyperbole yeah <laughs> but all his stories have some shred of truth behind them of experience he talks about sailing down to chultz and uh you know the getting to sail past the islands of the moon sea or moonshi, uh, moon the moonshi. What islands.
3: is what is Cholt? I come from the mountains of the north. I've never even heard of this
0: place. Cholt. It is a. Uh, it's an island. It's a jungle island down to the south. About a week's a week sail time. It's He it goes. It's rolled by you know tribes of lizardmen. He goes and uh, there are there are some from the uh, he goes there are some from the cities up here that have tried to settle the coast and uh, claim claim they are in control of it, but he goes, in truth, no humans control Chult. It's all the lizards. Giant, <laughs> bipedal lizards that are very tribal, very loyal to each other. And uh, they can quickly take a dislike to the outsiders, but at the same time, if you, if you win their trust and loyalty, they are fiercely loyal and uh, will treat you as one of them. Ah, so you made some good friends down there. I always make good friends in travel. Ah, excellent. So well, not always. There there was a time <laughs> of uh you know what that that's just a, one of those things. I don't want to talk about that one, that was bad. He but yeah, it's a it's a wonderful jungle land. It's uh some of the most amazing uh fruit. He goes, they've got this thing called a dragon fruit. It it's I guess you would describe it almost like a pear up here. Um but the shape has nothing the shape of a pear and the shape of a dragon fruit, two different things, but the tastes are. It's got the same type of the the flesh inside is juicy and moist and and delicious in the pear, but the dragon fruit is so much more savory It's so much, just more delicious than you can ever imagine. He goes. It. It, I, there was a time that I thought maybe I could uh, do an export, uh, of dragon fruit and have them shipped up in the water deep and sell them, but come to find out they they have a very short cycle before they spoil. It'll be very difficult to do. Ah, oh, uh, unless they were fermented. Oh,
1: my thought, exactly.
0: He's like, <laughs> like, I never thought of that. That might be an interesting approach. Like, there's lots we could do. You guys have some great ideas. And and you can see as the night goes on, he's uh his ability to hold his liquor is going down <laughs> and down. And eventually He needs help stumbling, dragging himself to his room, like every good storyteller. So, with that being said, you guys have a wonderful evening of Listen to Volo, Telltales, the half-orcs. If anybody wants to, uh, play some bets on some arm wrestling or arm wrestle with them, they can, uh, make make some silver off the half-orcs that are, uh, acting as guards for the merchant. I'm in! Okay, so... Now, would you like to do some test of strengths against the orcs? I would. All right. So, arm wrestling match with them. Uh, best of three rolls to see which way it goes. So this will be a strength check. Strength check. Got it. All right. So you guys sit down. The big one looks at you and he's like, "Hmm, you're stout enough." He's like, "This shouldn't be." He's like, "I should pin you in one." All, all right. All Try right. it. What's the What's the ante? Uh, he throws ten silver on the on the table. Plank. Yep. Yeah. Anybody else want to jump in?
1: <laughs> Chip, Chip has got chicken wings, but Chip is so excited that to uh, be Bowden's cheerleader.
0: All right, all right, you guys lock hands and you start that. You, you, the, you see the muscles, flex, you see the biceps and the uh, forearms all flexed and everything else. The, the, you see Bowden's pec muscles sort of bounce a little bit under the armor. <laughs>
1: Give Boden another drink.
0: Another drink, <laughs> more check ale. There, Boden. All right, here we go.
3: Well, it was almost a fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my virtual dice. Uh, eight.
0: Uh you see the orc smiling. You see, his, you start. You takes your hand, starts <clears> pushing <throat> it down. You, you feel. You get. You get about that halfway down, and you're at that forty five mark, and you're feeling it, and everything else. You got that big toothy smile coming up. He's like. You're no match for me. Oh, yeah!
3: Give me another roll. Yep, here it comes.
1: You can do it, Odin.
3: Here we go. Dirty 20.
0: Dirty 20. You go, watch this, and you guys go back to neutral. You're back up to the top. <laughs> you force his arm back up. All right, round two. Uh, you guys are straining against each other, so the, you both take a penalty of minus one. Or actually, give me a constitution check to see. Okay. If you take a minus net. Oh, ooh. <laughs> he's gonna take a minus one <laughs> i got it i got a 12 uh you're fine whoa so his uh is he rolled bad for his contract so we'll take a minus one to his roll second roll round two right. here it comes you guys are at the neutral starting position okay okay <laughs> yeah he starts pushing he goes yeah i'm letting you win. I just have to make it look good, dwarf. And he starts pushing your arm back down to the forty five. <laughs> uh, I right. rolled a four for reference. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got a seventeen. Total. Even with the minus one. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Round. Let's see the next round.
1: Just we- proud of you no matter what.
0: <laughs> <laughs> rah rah. <laughs> Are we conning again to see if we need Not- to lose another one? No, it's only after the first it's uh, every odd round.
3: Okay, here we go. Gotta, gotta get, get back. There it is,
0: twenty-two. Yeah, you're like, not only do you bring him back up to the middle, but you start forcing his arm back, back down to that forty-five where you're at, and you're smiling at him like, <laughs> and he's got that look on his face like, no, it's not gonna. But give me a con <laughs> check to see if your, how your endurance is doing. All right. Big muscles, short on endurance. <laughs> he's got I've
3: got a really, long, I've got a really high
0: endurance. I, <laughs> but I rolled a seven. <laughs> yeah, he rolled less, so you, oh, he, he takes a negative two, and you take your negative one. We're both there, yeah. sweat popping out on our forehead, yep. veins you bulging can, all over the you place. You can see him struggling to hold on, even though he's got you at that. You know, you got him at that forty-five. He's still holding on, and everything. Give me another strength check. All right, here it comes.
3: I swear, I'm going to get rid of these virtual dice. <laughs> I like to see you through. I have never seen the probabilities. The probability rolls are oh, okay. A five.
0: Oh, he, oh, he. Now the pendulum swings the other way, bringing you down beyond the forty-five. Another forty-five. Ah! you're like struggling to hold up. <laughs> All right. Give me another check. That's it. Ah, oh, he won. <laughs> What'd you roll? I got, I got a six. Oh, he, you lock steady with him. You hold him tight. What? You, ah! you don't a... have to outrun the bear. <laughs>
3: He's hold tight. The veins popping, up, sweat pouring all over the ah, place. chip sweat. It,
0: yeah, you see the, uh, you see the merchant and everything else. Eyes bulging. Yeah. <laughs> veins. Everything. He puts the. You see the merchant puts a coin down on the table. You see everybody going. Gunter! Gunter! You know, his buddy's going, Come on! It's a dwarf! You're gonna take him! <laughs> Give me a con check. <laughs> All right. Okay, he's good. Uh, 6 You get got a minus two, and he's got a minus two. Next okay. roll. He's still got you on the ropes. He's He's got you pulled down. Okay. Minus two or minus one? You're at minus one. Sorry, he's at minus two, because this okay. is your first fail. That's the first fail. Yeah, you're minus one.
4: All right,
3: here we go. All right, that would be a
0: 15 minus 1 is a 14. Ah, he's barely beat you, but he's still forcing your arm closer and closer and closer. <laughs> Last roll to see if he knuckled. You tap your knuckles on the table. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. Boom. <laughs> oh
3: <laughs>
0: What'd you roll? Uh, I rolled a 2. <laughs> Somehow... Just barely manages to beat. Just It's one of those. He's struggling, struggling to get you down. It's like you can feel that if one last pull, you can do it. But, you know, with that, that effort to, you know, sort of relax and then bounce him up, you bounce your knuckles off the table and it's like. Oh. Uh, put her there! Yeah. Oh, you're a strong lad, of you are! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so it's good drinking and friendship and everything throughout the night. And uh, at some point um, after the sun sets, the covered female goes up and and you know takes takes her leave up to her room. The merchant does the same thing. Volo basically needs to be carried to his room. Uh, right, you figure, Iron carry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Head bouncing <laughs> off every stair as it goes as, as you carry him up. <laughs> but Oonk. um, Oonk. Oonk. you guys, they he Volos guy to the concussion. Yeah. <laughs> No wonder he sees such a mysterious and miraculous beasts <laughs> exactly <laughs> so the night goes goes by quite well uh, it's, it's a very nice night's nice rest the Brahms runs a very nice uh, establishment when it comes to comfortable beds with a good stock of hay and linen uh Other than that or Volo paid very well to have the uh, good, the good stuff turned out but uh, you guys wake up the next morning meet in the common room. Um, Bolo's definitely not there. <laughs> You're thinking he's going to sleep off a of hangover for a few extra hours. The farmers have gone. They've, you know, instead sort of they didn't go to the rooms. They headed back out. You know, they they made their way home in the night and everything. Uh, the waitress, Charlene, has, sets out some, uh, some basic meats and cheeses and, uh, some breakfast food for those that come down and, uh, some non-alcoholic drinks unless you guys choose otherwise.
1: All right. What time is it? About
0: seven a.m. A little bit after seven. You can hear the You can hear the uh, wagons. You can hear some heavy wagons and horses moving out. Uh, you can hear hear the the merchant and his group and his a uh, couple guards moving the wagons out early to probably make their way into Waterdeep.
1: Uh, Chip wants to ask Adrock. Uh, What did what did you and the veiled lady talk about
2: it would appear uh, her companion uh, has not uh, made his way uh, here yet and she is concerned for his safety Um, i indicated that we may help her uh, should the need arise uh, if her companion does not show up and from the sound of it i don't believe he will
1: So we're gonna try and find two people.
2: Yeah, it would, uh, it would seem that we have a, a decision to make. Shall we uh, find the whiskey bearer? Or, or, or shall we uh, uh, wait for her call to see if her companion needs tracked down? Uh, in the meantime, however, while I'm uh, conversing with Chip, I'm also pulling out my uh, alchemist tools out of my pouch and uh i'm attempting to uh to make uh some uh healing potions
0: okay i believe you need you don't you don't need to roll for that do you no okay you just make the check and everything okay good so with that being said um you guys are down for about an hour before Volo comes down he's, he looks a little worse for wear he's like Ooh. Okay, too many types of alcohol mixed, not good. And, uh, you see Charlene comes out with basically the equivalent of a Bloody Mary for him to drink with the, with the uh celery stock and the juice and everything else to give him a little bit better. And he goes, oh, okay, that was, uh, that was worth the night, considering I almost died again. Rubs <laughs> his face and everything else and cleans up. He goes, uh, So, uh, I've got to get going into town, got to hopefully deliver my book intact and everything else. He sort of starts pulling the pages out, and you see it's like the, it's like the loose leaf papers bound with string and everything else that needs to be sorted into some type of semblance of knowledge, but right now it's probably about the thickness of a, uh, He's probably got about a hundred pages of disloof leaves tied together. that you know, He unwraps from a uh, leather leather pouch. He goes, "Okay, we're we're still good." Puts it together. He has breakfast. He goes, "But, but uh, he's like, don't forget, I owe you, especially for saving my life." He's like, "Come find me in the yawning portal uh, when you get done looking for harbor It'd be it'd be ashamed if the world loses the, that whiskey." be a very big shame. Because with that, I'm going to go check on Sparrow and he'll get ready to ride in. See so him get up does one of those somewhat wobbly things. The uh ste- I mean, steps around is like uh okay, grabs his uh, morning drink and breakfast and walks out walks out the front door. Uh, about 10 minutes after he walks out, the uh the cloaked figure is no, walks down, but she's no longer cloaked. She's got more of a riding outfit on. She's got the nice uh, knee-high black boots, the riding pants, a nice shirt. Uh, you know, everything meant to actually spend a day out horseback riding. Hair all pulled back. And, you know, th- this time you get a definite uh adrock, You get a definite idea that, nope, she's definitely Elven because you can see the years, the facial features, and everything else this time around. And as she's walking out, she looks she looks over at you and glances. And then uh, after she makes eye contact with you, she simply rolls her eyes to the door and continues her motion to the door.
2: I, uh, I, I, I say to Chip, uh, pardon me. And I, I stand and follow her out the door. Okay. She
0: goes, well... It- would seem I have need of your service anyway. I'd seem as you're unfortunate to have need of your service there, uh, Age Rock.
2: Indeed. How can I assist?
0: She goes, Well, it would seem my companion was a no show and I am concerned for him. If you'd be so kind as to see if you can track down, uh, Eric Melendez. Uh I'd be greatly appreciated. He has a uh he has a shop just um just in the southern gate of Waterdeep. It holds curios and other curious items, mainly brought from sailors and uh, travelers from afar that he he collects and resells to Locals, more of the, I wouldn't say astute kind, but more of the uh, ones that have an eye for unique and odd things that can be found throughout the world. Uh, Is Is
2: your your companion generally uh,
0: tardy? He is fashionably late, but he has never stood me up before.
2: And he was coming from Waterdeep to meet you here.
0: He was. Or I should say he is. She goes. What is your price, sir?
2: My price is favors. There will be a time where I have need of your of of something that you can help us with, and that will be what I ask of you.
0: That is. Curious, I would expect you would have been something as simple as a as gold or silver, but now that is intriguing that you simply ask for a favor. I wonder if our meeting is fortuitous or something else. But anyways, Adok, it is. It was a meeting, and I do wish to hear something from you soon about my my friend and companion. And as your loud and boisterous companion that you traveled with seems to be so fond of...
3: Where is everybody?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You see Chip hanging out downstairs, but Adok's nowhere to be found. But he goes, well, not that one, but the, the human one. He goes, leave a message for me at the yawning portal. I will make sure that, uh... I'll make sure that they know how to find me. I'll make sure one of the bartender or the staff knows how to get a hold of me. Have a good day, sir. And she heads off to the uh, stable where her horse is.
2: I nod and uh walk back inside to uh my companions. Um... And say uh, you know, to uh, the dwarf, how do you feel?
3: A little sore, but other than that, not too bad. Luckily, this ale's pretty weak.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I, I motion to our uh, companions uh, to Chip uh, and to... No Mon- offense. <laughs> Bowden. Bal- Bal- Uh, And I I lean over and and speak uh, quietly, and I say, it it would appear uh, the hooded lady uh, has need of our services. After all, she would like for us to uh, locate her companion. He is a merchant from Waterdeep.
3: Ah, good. I was heading there anyway. How about this? Apparently, the whiskey's on the way to Waterdeep. Let's go check out the whiskey. And then, head on up to
2: Waterdeep! Is the, um... So the the, the distillery is uh, half a day's travel uh, towards Waterdeep?
0: Aye!
4: Then, so Cer- uh,
0: Charlene's pipes in. She's like, uh eh, not, not really. Not exactly. It'll take you a little ways. Make your trip to Waterdeep a little bit further, but, uh... He's uh, a little bit more on the eastern reaches of uh, what's considered under control of the, uh... of the Waterdeep. But... Not not too far away, and that's where you hear Broma speak up. Are they actually are they going to look for Harborough? And she's like, Yeah, they are. Back and forth. He goes, Well, tell them to bring my barrels. Your bells? Barrels. Oh.
2: He wants his whiskey.
0: Well, I don't know if we're coming back this way. <laughs> well, tell Harborough that he's like, well, if you do find Harborough, at least. Tell him to, to make us a top priority for the shipment. Of course! Yeah, well, it's only you seven days. You only can seven. have whatever's left! <laughs> <laughs> Even you, good friend, could not drink all of, all of the, the kegs, or the casks that we have being delivered.
3: Challenge accepted! <laughs>
0: Ooh, I'll help! <laughs> He's like, Old halfling. <laughs> given that uh, Midsummer's only seven days away. Be a disappointment not to be able to celebrate with a his good batch and the shield me once every four years he had a special batch brewing for that hi so
3: and we gotta make sure that lady's boyfriend is found too wherever the heck he is
4: yeah
0: <coughs> so with that being said it would seem like you guys have uh, a couple different choices to go about your business but literal marching orders but before we do that, why don't everybody level up to level two? Woo! All right. And given that you guys got a mysteries to uh, a couple mysteries to put in your hands, I'll uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up the session there, and we'll uh, figure out a time for the next meeting and uh, continue on to, with the mystery of the missing whiskey <laughs> and the and they lost and they lost elven companion. <laughs> Gosh, <Scoop.
1: laughs> Chip has warm and fuzzies. are gonna help so many people. And possibly get whiskey
0: all right well thanks, thanks gary thank you all for allowing me to tell a story yeah thank you
3: for allowing us to jump in with periodic oh. shenanigans
1: <laughs> thank you all for teaching me
3: oh definitely a pleasure and thank you for tolerating uh <laughs> my ongoing horrible accent <laughs> oh i do my best
0: <laughs> and so ends episode one Tune in next time to see how our adventurers solve the case of the missing Harborough Whiskey. Will they be able to find the else missing companion? I'd like to thank you all for listening, and please look for episode two in two weeks.